0: thank you for listening and spending some time with me today. Let's get into this topic about your mental health and how to improve when you stop drinking. Are the effects of substances permanent or is it fixable? And what that journey looks like, starting with how we get lured in by alcohol and drugs. So many of us, and this is the biggest problem, right? Is we think that Alcohol or pot or whatever your thing is alleviates a lot of problems. You know, from social anxiety to stress, insecurities, you look at it as if it's the solution. But that solution is so short term because once the effects of the alcohol wear off, you're left with unbalanced brain chemistry. And that's what contributes to feelings of depression for sure, but also can contribute to anxiety. So, if you're drinking regularly, it's totally normal to feel some depression, especially the next day. This was huge for me, and I'm sure you can relate. Like the next day when I would get up, oh my God, my sadness was off the charts. And anxiety, right? Skyrockets. So, Alcohol has immediate and long-term effects on your brain chemistry, but we get stuck on that immediate impact of alcohol that usually feels really good, right? Because when you drink alcohol, It causes a flood of those feel-good neurochemicals that alcohol releases, like dopamine, GABA, and some of the endorphins. You've heard of endorphins like runner's high. That's endorphins. And this little chemical cocktail boosts your mood and makes you feel relaxed at first. (laughs) The problem is over time and the more often you drink, the effects of those feel-good neurochemicals gets less and less. And that means you don't get as much of that feel-good rush, that euphoria. And then you start drinking more because you're trying to get the euphoria. And then we're just chasing the buzz, right? And once you're chasing the buzz, you're already behind the ball. And that's when the negative effects, like depression after drinking, get bigger. So as far as long-term effects go, When your brain is continuously exposed to alcohol, it has to change, it has to alter to accommodate that flood, right? So because alcohol increases dopamine and GABA, your brain will produce less of those because the alcohol is bringing it in, right? So when alcohol is not in your body, you're left with lower levels of those feel-good neurochemicals. And that's what creates that sadness. Now, also, when alcohol leaves your body, what's happening is all of those neurochemicals, neurotransmitters, Are, as you've heard me say before, they're on the roller coaster ride of a lifetime, right? They're trying to figure out what the heck am I supposed to do? How much of the stuff am I supposed to make? Am I even supposed to make it anymore? Is this my job? Now you're not bringing the alcohol in, and alcohol's been making it. So am I supposed to start making it again? And it's just going back and forth, right? So it can also rebound and make too much. And that's what leaves you anxious and irritable, right? And all of this volleying back and forth kills your motivation, skyrockets your anxiety, and your depression goes to an all-time low. And you've heard me talk about pause before, post-acute withdrawal symptoms, pause. I've done whole episodes about this, and I will link that in the show notes. If you're in your first year sober and you want to better understand why you feel scattered and all over the place, this stuff is why post acute withdrawal. These are the symptoms you have when your brain is going through that volley back and forth, too much, too little, trying to figure it out and regulate those neurochemicals so you can get back to feeling balanced in some way. And this is the perfect spot to say also, if you're feeling like you're stuck right now in that, you're welcome to apply to get on a call with me about my six-week program, Renew You. It's personalized coaching. I will guide you personally on how you can start to sort out the pieces and start making progress immediately. It's not just another support group or group coaching program In renew you. You get one-on-one personal coaching with me to figure out the right actions that you need. So if you want to supercharge your sobriety and you want to work with me, the link to apply for a call will be in the show notes. It's so important to take action to feel better because when you stop drinking completely, those feelings of anxiety and depression can be overwhelming if you aren't doing the right things to counteract it. And the imbalance your brain is going through will last throughout the whole process of your brain repairing itself so how long does it take for your brain to repair itself you could easily start seeing improvements in two to four weeks after you stop drinking of course the longer you stop drinking the better it will be so if you quit alcohol several months and beyond really gives your brain the best opportunity to recover and repair Your brain has an amazing ability to recuperate and rebuild itself after you quit drinking alcohol. And there's research that shows that people will see their stress levels, their relationships, their work performance, and self-confidence all get better when you get sober. And why are all those things affected? Well, if you think about it, when you drink alcohol or use drugs, a whole bunch of things happen your judgment is impaired. You're way more impulsive. Your behavior is impulsive. Your inhibitions are down. And think about all the things you do just with those issues, right? Impaired judgment. So now you're making decisions that you wouldn't normally make because you can't weigh risk appropriately, you know, because your judgment's impaired. So you're making decisions you wouldn't normally make. You're impulsive, so you're doing things just without thinking it through. Your inhibitions are lowered. So you're doing things that you would never normally do, right? Because your brain's not telling you no. Your brain and the the lowered inhibitions is part of what makes you feel better when you drink. Because especially with social anxiety, we get around other people and it's all of those things that are swirling through our heads like, oh my God, what is this going to be like? I'm awkward. I feel uncomfortable. Are they going to like me? What did I say? What do they think about me? How's this going? But when your inhibitions are lowered after you have some drinks, you don't worry about any of that stuff. That's why you feel more comfortable. But that combination of things, you're making terrible choices, you're being impulsive, you're doing things you would never normally do. And all of that affects your stress, your relationships, your work performance, and how you feel about yourself. You also have blackouts. A lot of people have blackouts. And when you have blackouts, that's going to raise your stress because you're thinking you don't remember. And then not you don't remember but you don't know what anybody else knows or remembers and that increases your stress and lowers your self confidence you also like get sloppy right like our balance is off our coordination is off you can't concentrate on anything we always talk about when people are drinking and they start repeating themselves right we just get goofy so when you're thinking about oh my gosh was i sloppy was i stumbling around did i fall down I don't remember if I saw that person or not. I don't remember what I said to that person. All those things are increasing your stress, affecting your relationships, affecting your work performance and your self-confidence. So it's easy to see when you think about it, how all of those things can be improved, just getting sober. Alcoholism, addiction, alcohol use disorder, whatever you want to name it. It needs two things to thrive. It needs you to be isolated and feel alone, and it needs you to feel bad about yourself. So isolated and feeling alone, that could be isolation where you pull back, you're not engaging with your friends as much, you're not going out and doing things like you used to because you're feeling weird about your habits and and what you're doing and what you remember and don't remember and did you make out with somebody that you shouldn't have or were you drunk and you exchanged numbers with somebody and your partner or spouse is not going to be thrilled with that. Right? We just do all kinds of crazy things. So You isolate yourself either physically by removing yourself and not engaging as much, or you isolate yourself mentally and emotionally because you get overwhelmed in the anxiety about your behavior and being embarrassed and feeling shameful. So you really start to isolate emotionally, protecting yourself and how bad you feel and how uncomfortable you are because you don't want anybody to know those things about you. So whether it's physical or emotional, you isolate and you pull away, and then it needs you to feel bad about yourself. Again, all of those decisions, all those crazy things we do under the influence make us feel bad about ourselves. Again, it's shame, it's guilt, it's embarrassment, it's uncertainty. Not only do I not know what the heck I was doing or what I said or how I acted, I don't know what everybody else knows about what I did, what I said, or how I was acting. That makes you feel bad about yourself. You feel like you're out of control. You don't have control of your life, you don't have control of your decisions, you create all this chaos and drama. That makes you feel bad about yourself. Obviously, when you learn better ways to cope with things and you have healthier tools to use to deal with social anxiety and insecurities and stress relief, you're naturally going to have less anxiety and depression because you're making better choices and feeling stronger overall as a human being. And this leads me to the next piece of this a list of things you can actively do to feel better. So remember we talked about the imbalance of the feel-good neurochemicals, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and endorphins. Well, you wanna do things to boost these naturally. And as I said earlier, your gut is your second brain. And I wanna touch on this because it's hugely important bacteria in your gut communicate with your brain. Also, there are certain nerves that connect the brain and the gut, and the bacteria in the gut can send signals through those nerves to the brain. And gut bacteria also stimulates immune system cells, and those immune cells can send signals through the nerves to the brain. I want to read this excerpt to you from an MD at Harvard because this was fascinating. Let me get it here. Where are we? Okay. Research in the past decade has found that gut bacteria may influence our emotions and cognitive capabilities. For example, some bacteria make oxytocin, a hormone our own bodies produce that encourages increased social behavior. Other bacteria make substances that cause symptoms of depression and anxiety, and still others make substances that help us be calmer under stress. I want you to be clear that what is going on in your gut also plays a major role in your emotional state, anxiety, and depression. And the last part of that paper that I want to read is so significant. It says, Finally, the gut bacteria also have been shown to influence our vulnerability to certain brain diseases, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and autism. For example, a substance called synuclein found in the brains of people with Parkinson's disease is made by gut bacteria and can travel via nerves from the gut to the brain just understand that what you're putting in your gut and what is happening in there is extremely important. And when we stop drowning our gut with alcohol, I'm sure the rewards are great, especially for our brains. So let's talk about some other changes that will occur in your brain when you stop drinking. Um, regeneration of your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is responsible for reasoning, behavior control, memory, and motor function. And it takes a heavy hit when you drink, especially in excess. This is also the last part of your brain to fully mature as you're growing up. And they used to say that this part of your brain, your frontal lobe, isn't fully functioning until early 20s, but now they're saying it's more like 25 or 26 or 27 before it's really in full gear. This definitely explains why I was so ridiculous in my 20s. (laughs) But luckily, all of these things, all of these functions of the brain will return as you begin to heal. Also, your dopamine levels begin to normalize. And I'm going to read this to you also because it's fascinating. It says, Alcohol abuse creates a complex imbalance of dopamine in the brain. Dopamine release is triggered when you engage in activities you find pleasurable, such as eating chocolate or playing sports. And it teaches your brain what actions to repeat and eventually to crave. Alcohol use overloads the brain with dopamine while also reducing the brain's dopamine receptors in the process. When you first quit drinking, the lack of dopamine and diminished receptors can lead to feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Both excessively high and abnormally low levels of dopamine can have adverse effects. But over time, your brain will begin to normalize dopamine levels as well as your brain's response to the chemical without the intrusion of alcohol. I just wanted to read that piece to you because they explain it way better than I could. (laughs) But you see what happens like your dopamine is so responsible for feelings, good, happy feelings. It's a happy neurotransmitter. And the great news is that all of that can normalize when you stop using alcohol. Also, your serotonin production increases, and serotonin is another one of those happy, feel-good chemicals. Serotonin creates feelings of happiness and well-being. And alcohol use causes a decrease in serotonin, which creates an increased chance of depression. But once you quit drinking, serotonin production eventually returns to normal. So what are some other things you can do to improve your mental health, boost your dopamine and serotonin when you quit drinking? I'm going to give you a list of things that are super simple and mostly free. And because they're so simple, you are going to be inclined to ignore them. And I'm going to encourage you right now to not ignore them. I don't want you listening to this list and going, "Mm, I don't need to do that, or I already do that. I want you to be open and be teachable and be open to exploring all of these. Okay. One is eat lots of protein. There are amino acids in protein and one in particular tyrosine. That has a major role in producing dopamine. See that gut brain connection again? And don't just chalk this up and say, oh, I already eat plenty of protein. Because I'm gonna tell you, I thought I ate plenty of protein also. I am a carnivore. I would have never thought I didn't get enough protein, but I went through a period of time where I was tracking it because I wanted to be teachable and I didn't wanna just think I knew everything. So I started tracking my daily protein intake and I was way under what I needed, especially as a person who works out all the time. So this is huge and this doesn't cost you any money. You don't need any professional help to eat lots of protein, but be open to tracking it and really seeing how much you need and how much you're actually getting. Another one is eat less saturated fats. There's research that's found that saturated fats like animal fat, butter, full fat dairy may disrupt dopamine signaling in the brain. So that's something to think about. Exercise often. Tons of research that shows exercise is more successful than any antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. And exercise is recommended to boost your endorphin levels. Again, endorphins are what you hear about runner's high. Those are endorphins. So when you exercise, it releases that stuff and improves your mood. Getting enough sleep. Your body has a natural rhythm of releasing more dopamine in the morning to wake you up and make you alert and less in the evening, signaling time to rest. If you don't get enough sleep, then that whole process is disrupted. And as we've learned through this whole episode, disrupted dopamine is not going to improve your mental health. Uh, One of my favorites, listen to music. Listening to music is a super fun way to stimulate dopamine release in your brain. There are studies on humans and animals that have found listening to music boosts your dopamine levels in your brain. There's also research showing that music therapy is a great alternative treatment for people with mood disorders like depression or any kind of neurodiversity, ADHD, those kinds of things. Meditate again, research has found meditation can help increase your dopamine levels. Don't get crazy and take meditation off the table because you feel like you don't do it well. Meditation is like everything else on the planet. It takes a little bit of practice. Take the pressure off yourself and decide to start meditating a couple of minutes, a couple of days a week, right? Start small, but build the habit because it is incredibly beneficial for many, many systems. And it's just a bonus that it can increase your dopamine levels. Sunlight is another one. Low sun exposure reduces the levels of those mood boosting neurotransmitters like dopamine and making sure you get enough sun can increase those levels. Another one I'm just going to touch on is probiotics. Take some probiotics. There are several studies saying that probiotic bacteria can reduce anxiety and depression in humans and animals. But listen, probiotics are complicated. There are a lot of them. So if you want to delve into taking probiotic supplements, do your due diligence and learn about them so you know you're getting what you need. This is a really overwhelming topic. It could easily be a whole episode on its own. If you want me to do an episode about it, then let me know in our Facebook group or or any other topic you want for that matter. But it is a big topic. There are a lot of probiotics, prebiotics. It can get very confusing, but just do your due diligence, look into it a little bit and see exactly what the correct probiotics are and the best way to get them. So Can quitting alcohol improve mental health? Yes, it can significantly improve your mental health because the alcohol's effects on your neurotransmitters are exactly what leads to depression and anxiety. And quitting obviously is going to lead to better mental well-being overall. How long does it take to see improvements in mental health after quitting alcohol? Uh, the timeline is going to be a little bit different for everybody, but like we talked about earlier, you can see improvements in two to four weeks. And the longer you stay stopped, the better your brain is going to be and the more opportunity it's going to have to heal. Can quitting alcohol reduce stress? Absolutely, it can reduce stress and anxiety. It's a depressant, so it can exacerbate those conditions too and make them worse. What are some specific techniques? We talked about a few things, but also don't be afraid to get some professional help, get therapy, work with a coach, join support groups. One of the best things you can do is work on healthy coping skills, right? This is one of the most important components of sobriety because we drink alcohol and use drugs to cope with feelings, discomfort life, right? So if you want to stay sober, you have to learn other coping mechanisms. That's a great place to start. If that's all you want to do today, just sit down with Google and YouTube and look up healthy coping strategies and start working on that. And don't forget, if you are interested in working with me, you can jump on a call with me and see if we're a good fit. It only takes a few minutes, super simple, but it will definitely help you supercharge your sobriety and help you get relief immediately. That link is in the show notes. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I'll see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.